How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today we're discussing some lefty bullpen arms for this Yankees team, according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. General Manager Brian Cashman, Yankees, and a couple other teams are in the market for some lefty bullpen support. Now, the market's kind of been messed up because there haven't been that many options. There's not that many lefty options. Um, there are a couple that you know are decent that could fit the bill for this Yankee team. And looking at our bullpen right now, while we are optimistic they're going to be very good next year, they only really have one lefty arm in Wandy Peralta. They obviously got rid of Raldis Chapman. They got rid of Zach Britton, who's also on the market right now. Uh, Chapman signed a one-year, $3 million deal with the Royals. So right now, it's kind of feeling like we need some more diversity um, in the relief department. Um, we love Wandy Peralta, but if anything were to happen to him, we really don't have anyone that can take on um, you know, right-handed hitters in a more – or left-handed hitters, rather, in a competent way and, and really strategize around that concept. So, Ryan, you know, looking at the lack of diversity in the Yankees' bullpen right now, do you think that's a problem or do you think it's kind of irrelevant? Do you think it matters? And do you think that looking at some of these options – and there are a few – makes sense for this Yankee team? Yeah, so, you know, when looking at the left-handed reliever market, it's definitely not the a market that you would consider the most vast or the most uh, plentiful, especially at this stage in free agency. You know, just in general, any position group at this stage in free agency, um, you're kind of taking a lot of flyers. You know, there is still Andrew Chafin, who I would consider to be I think going into the offseason, probably the best left-handed or one of the best left-handed relief options on the market, and he's still on the market. I imagine it's kind of a price point issue where he had a $6.5 million player option that he declined. He probably wants more than that. Uh, teams probably don't want to push to, you know, seven or eight million dollars over multiple years for a guy who doesn't really have a market even though you probably should it's one of those situations where you know he's kind of getting unfairly squeezed uh but you know he's definitely on paper the best fit not money wise because the yankees probably aren't looking to you know trade icap for you know and shed six million dollars just to add on eight million more dollars it doesn't really seem like something they're inclined to do uh but if somehow his price drops i mean that's the kind of the easiest get right there that's a 283 era last year uh sub four uh sub three peripherals in the sierra sub four peripherals across the board ground ball machine doesn't walk anybody really uh generates a ton of strikeouts kind of the perfect uh left-handed reliever for this team and the perfect complement alongside a guy like wandy peralta uh but if you want to kind of look at you know let's get a little crazy here and look at the kind of the, the depths of this market there is daniel norris who i mean on surface on the surface is a very unimpressive pitcher you Know, last year, last two years combined, the ERA well over five. Uh, he has command issues. He's entering his age 30 season. Uh, this isn't necessarily the type of pitcher you look at and go, oh my gosh, you know, this guy's going to go out there and just shove, you know. Uh, but he does have a really elite slider in terms of stuff plus. It has a 117.9 stuff plus. Uh, so it, at least in the uh, stuff department, he does have at least one pretty good pitch. Um, you know, in terms of his fastballs, his fastballs aren't necessarily great. His four seam fastball gets some ride, but uh, for the most part, it's been hit pretty hard throughout his career um the way I view things with, uh, you know, a guy like Daniel Norris is you take him on a flyer. You know, he has a high spin fastball and a high spin slider. You kind of make him bump the slider usage a little bit. Maybe you transition him more into a sinker profile. Who knows? Uh, his changeups also had great results in his career. So, you know, he's a guy who uses his fastball primarily 34.4% of the time. Maybe you just cut that usage. When you just say, screw it, you're a slider changeup guy now uh, and see kind of where that takes him. But, um, you know, you're take that would be a flyer. I don't know if Daniel Norris would necessarily make this bullpen. I don't know if you would necessarily get a major league deal, but 
But if the Yankees are kind of looking to, towards the depth of the market, I would say that that's a flyer you take. And, you know, it's a guy who's at least gotten strikeouts at the major league level. And when you're getting strikeouts at the major league level, you kind of just hope the other things click into, into place for a year or two. This kind of just feels like a flyer for the Yankees to take. And I wouldn't be stunned if, not, whether it's the Yankees or the Rays or the Dodgers or Cleveland, you know, one of those, or Milwaukee, you know, one of those teams that just, they're very inclined, they're very uh, in tune with analytics. Uh, I think Daniel Norris will end up somewhere there, but uh, I think that'd be a good flyer for the Yankees to take. Yeah, I mean, talking about flyers, you know, what is the opposition to maybe bringing back Zach Britton on a one-year deal? And it seems like the Mets have interest in him, obviously a little bit more of a veteran at this point in his career, coming off two seasons where he really just didn't pitch much at all. Um, but, you know, in, in his heyday, he was one of the best closers, one of the best bullpen arms in the game, and he's a high ground ball rate type of pitcher. Obviously, we did not see much action from him last season. I think he made like one appearance. It didn't even last an inning. Um, kind of got hit around a little bit, but uh, pitched 18.1 innings in 2021. Like his sample size is small over the last couple seasons, but, you know, coming off a full season where, you know, he didn't pitch because of the Tommy John surgery, now he's kind of back and feeling better. Uh, is there any hesitation that his, veloc his velocity in that inning hovered around 92 miles an hour, which is down three miles an hour? But again, it was his first outing in quite a while. Uh, he's 35 years old right now. So you're looking at a really cheap, you know, the Yankees have done this in the past with guys like Corey Kluber. What is the opposition? Are you opposed to bringing back Zach Britton and taking a flyer on him at a cheap price point? Um, obviously, we let him go for a reason. I don't. I think they would have probably extended him, or not even extended him, but just re-sign him to a one-year deal if they thought there was anything left to kind of extract. But you know, given the state of the market right now and how thin things are, do you think there is a possibility the Yankees say, you know what, let's bring him back on a one-year deal, really cheap, and just see if he's got any gas left in the tank, or do you think we reallocate that money and say, hey, you know what, let's go for, oh, go, let's pay a little bit more for someone that's a little bit more proven. Yeah, so, you know, the one thing with Zach Britton that we're looking at here is, you know, there's familiarity with the organization. Um, I look at Zach Britton as, you know, I think he's a good flyer as well. Like I mentioned Daniel Norris, you know, like Zach Britton isn't a bad flyer by any means, right? If you're going to take a flyer, he's not going to cost a lot of money. There's an established relationship there. Uh, a lot of reports said he was very well liked within the organization. He was very well respected in his clubhouse. Um, I, I don't see a reason why if the Yankees and Britton could come to uh, some sort of agreement on a price point, why that wouldn't be a good deal for the Yankees. He's a ground ball expert. You know, the, the injuries are a big risk, right? And there, there is a lot of uh, injury risk with Zach Britton. But again, it's not like you're investing, you know, five, six, seven million dollars. This isn't a Tommy Canley deal either, where Tommy Canley got, you know, 11.5 million over two years um, because you f he had, you know, he ended the season healthy. He's going to the offseason healthy. They feel confident that his medicals are good. Like Zach Britton, he ended a season on the IL, right? You know, he's coming off Tommy John, but there is, uh, you know, kind of this, this sort of honeymoon situation where, uh, you know, you have relievers or pitchers in general where they don't where right after they get Tommy John they typically have a window where they don't have issues with Tommy John surgery or you know a, a UCL snap or anything of the sort uh there could be other injuries that arise but a healthy offseason of Zach Britton you know where he's gonna make where he's gonna be ready for spring training hopefully that's a risk you take uh and you know outside of that it's it's really Andrew Chafin or bust for me I think Matt Moore's pretty good but you know he can be a guy who starts a couple games for you and throws you know 80 90 innings right like that's more valuable than what the Yankees are willing to pay same thing with Andrew Chafin right you know it's just it's out of the price point team Matt Moore is gonna get six or seven million dollars from a team and rightfully so right and I'm not saying that to say he shouldn't get it and he's gonna be overpaid but he deserves that money he throws a lot of innings he had a sub two ERA last year like that's that's the type of money you get when you do stuff like that. Zach Brink kind of fits more what the Yankees are looking for in a reliever right now, which is, hey, I'll give you a million dollars or two million dollars, maybe some incentives thrown in there, uh, and we'll bring you in, and you'll do, um, and we'll see if you can fill in the row for the Yankees. The ceiling's high. With ground ball pitchers, the ceiling is high. So um, 
I feel pretty, I'd feel pretty good about bringing back Zach Britton, which is something I don't imagine a lot of Yankee fans would feel, but I think this is a different situation from like a role as Chapman uh, or, or just bringing in like a, a guy who's kind of broken down in general. Yeah, I mean, I don't see uh, a lot of opposition for it. Like, I, I wouldn't want to spend a lot of money on it, but maybe, you know, something reasonably cheap, something that's not going to push us into a bad spot. Because right now, I don't think the Yankees are signing anybody until they figure out a way to get some of this money off the books, right? They're really, really close to that fourth luxury tax threshold at $293 million. So with that being the case, they're going to have to find a way to get some players off the roster. You know, there are going to be, like, some options available in a couple of months. You know, we'll see kind of how things shake out. Um, especially after teams, you know, name their 40-man roster, we could go and pluck some high upside guys that may be more worthwhile than Britain off of another team's farm. Um, so, you know, there there is something to be said about, you know, guys who may just want to opt for free agency, like, you know, even Ryan Weber. You got like guys like Ryan Weber who have some some value. They're not really that great. You don't want to put them in high leverage situations, but can fill a role. Um, so a lot of those guys may opt for free agency instead of getting sent down to AAA and just fighting for opportunities. Um, at that level so you know we'll see how the Yankees go about this Zach Britton bringing them back on a cheap contract if it would made sense I wouldn't be opposed to it Um, but again I'd rather go with an option that's a little bit more proven Andrew Chapin's the best one on the market right now you talked about Will Smith as well Um, if you had to choose between Andrew Chapin and you know guy like Will Smith who has been with the Astros and some really good teams who would you choose and why Okay, so when, you know, just not accounting for money, it's Andrew Chafin, right? Like, I'm not thinking about money. I'm just thinking about who's the better pitcher. It's Andrew Chafin. Um, Now, adjusting for price point, who's more realistic? Who do I think the Yankees could get? You know, even when adjusting for price point, I'd rather have Andrew Chafin, but I understand the Yankees are going to push past the Steve Cohen threshold for Andrew Chafin, if you get what I'm saying, right? Like, it would be a little bit foolish to say, all right, you know, Trey Turner, you know, know, Xander Bogarts, you know, those type of guys, we're not going to be in that market. We don't want to push past the the Cohen tax. But for Andrew Chafin, we'll push back past the the Cohen tax. It just kind of of sounds uh, really silly to say out loud. So, uh, uh, quite frankly, when you adjust for that, I think it's I think Will Smith just makes more sense and is probably the only guy who would be on their radar in that sense. Um, again, you know, he's another guy where I, I mentioned Daniel Norris. You know, this is a guy whose fastball just isn't very good, and he has to kind of and you've got to rely on your breaking ball more. Um, and, and that typically isn't something that ages very well. Um, you know, you kind of think you would you would naturally think like guys who have been crafty their whole career age better. You know what I mean? But that's typically not how that works. Guys with really good fastballs, you know, that doesn't that that doesn't necessarily mean power fastballs, but just good fastballs in general, they tend to age a lot better. So Will Smith's kind of creeping up in age. You're kind of getting a little bit worried. You know, maybe this is the last year or two of him being a viable major league reliever, but it's definitely a flyer you take. Uh, same thing with Britain, where I don't think he'd cost a lot. Um, easy DFA if it comes down to it, uh, though, though I'd be shocked if he performed so poorly that he'd have to be DFA'd. And also, again, you know, there's that uh, familiarity with closing, right? You mentioned, you know, he's been on some pretty good uh, Braves teams. You know, he won he won a World Series with the Braves. He, you know, was, the, he, I think, throws through like 11 scoreless innings in that postseason run with them. Uh, he was on a pretty good Astros team. You know, he's he's been around the league, right? And, he, and he's closed a lot of games. So, you know, if you if you need a situation where, as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's August, you know, you don't want to use Clay Holmes three times in a row and Jonathan Lewis could just pitch the seventh inning and, and you know, Wandy Peralta is dealing with some back stuff and you don't want to put him on the IL, but you don't necessarily want to pitch him either. It's the ninth inning and Will Smith comes out to close, right? He has familiarity with it. You're not asking a guy to close for the first time in their career. I think that was something that they, when they had Lou Trevino, when they brought him in, that was something I think that a lot of people didn't really think about that. Trevino has experience closing, right? I kind of view Will Smith as like, hey, you know, here's Lou Trevino. 
here's Will Smith. Like, they're kind of similar caliber relievers. I don't think they're too drastic apart, and that's not to bring down Trevino. That's more so to prop up Smith, uh, and they can kind of fill in similar roles. So I, I would like that signing a lot if they could do it, though. I prefer Chafin if I'm not thinking about money. Gotcha, yeah, and unfortunately we are thinking about money because we don't really have any at the moment, but if we do find a way to get off, you know, Josh Donaldson's deal, $21 million, and, you know, we can clear a bit of, at those $25 million in luxury tax salary, so that's a lot of money that's being allocated there. IKF, $6 million, um, you know, maybe you can approach the range of Chafin, but I just don't think that we have the owner right now that's going to go past that last threshold. He wants to stay in that second tier. Um, or third tier, whatever it is right now. So right now, I, I kind of feel like the Yankees feel good about their bullpen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made any moves in a couple of weeks and just brought in some lefties. Like Lucas Licky, solid arm, can eat some innings, low leverage guy. There's probably a ton of them around. Um, who knows how effective they will be, but I don't think the Yankees are keen on going into the regular season with one lefty bullpen arm. Now, they supplemented that a little bit by going in getting Carlos Rodon. So, uh, theoretically, you can make the argument that because he's a lefty, because, you know, they brought in a more prominent starting pitcher, you should be able to move deeper into games with a guy like Rodon from a lefty perspective and then just kind of survive with your right-handed bullpen, which, um, for what it's worth, is very good on all fronts, and we're very optimistic about them. But, you know, guys, I'd love to hear perspectives on this. The Yankees are looking for lefty pitching. I don't think they're going to make any big splashes anytime soon, but they're in the market just kind of waiting to see what happens. Uh, but we'll see how it unfolds. As always, make sure to have a fantastic rest of your day. Like and subscribe, as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.